0: Wow. So atmospheric. Listen at that. Here comes the rain again. Running in my head like a tragedy. Do you know I went through a lying phase? Like where I'd meet strange people when I was dating. Whatever, Do you mean I strangers
1: just... or strange people? I mean
0: strangers. <laughs> and I would like come up with a lie just to like keep myself entertained. And I remember I like very casually dated some guy. And told him that I was like related to Annie Lennox, but I can't remember in what capacity. Da, 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 da.
1: Whoa, that's no, hard. That's Wait, not, no, that's not for you. Da, 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 da. Hello and welcome to our late sprinkles.
0: Saturday sprinkles. I mean, it sounds better. Saturday, an alliteration always gives a little... Pu- pu- pu.
1: The reason we're late with the sprinkles is the aforementioned mini break we took to uh, to to mourn the passing of my forties.
0: Yeah, how did you feel it went?
1: I felt it went well, and I had quite the Logan Roy like experience. Well, because I was <laughs> sick in an aeroplane bathroom,
0: not vomiting, but the other the other you had a little problem in the I, other I end. I did.
1: I had very bad diarrhea. Sarah tried to get the number one aeroplane diarrhea medicine guy on the phone. <laughs>
0: I did get very boss bitch on you. I was like, go to the front of the plane. Go to the front of the plane. Tell them you're not well. Tell them you're in a middle seat. Tell them because the woman who was sat in the aisle had a, a physical difficulty that made it hard for her to stand up. So she was being so kind to us. But the, the bottom line was it was hard for her to stand up.
1: It was so embarrassing telling the woman sitting next to me that I wasn't feeling very well. <laughs> because from that moment on, she knew that every time I came back, that diarrhea just I, out you of know, my bum. But at some
0: point I told her that what you had was not contagious. <laughs>
1: It's so a good job that she didn't cross examine you on that, oh, how do you know?
0: I could tell, and I said to her that I, would be... tell. I said to her I said I said that'd be the first thing I was thinking if I was in your position, uh, uh.
1: so that's the big news from our mini break, and there was big succession news while we were away too. little thing we've been sitting on, dying to tell you about nothing comes less naturally to me than keeping a secret that I want to do a little brag about whereas I'm a very secretive, man.
0: Yeah, you pride yourself on it. It's annoying.
1: The night of the Succession finale in London at the BFI South Bank. It's a watch-along with creator Jesse Armstrong.
0: And we get to be there. This is all we can say for now. We're like cool people with little mysterious secrets. And no matter how great it is, it will only ever be the second best thing that's happened to me in that room.
1: What was the best thing?
0: So one year we went to see It's a Wonderful Life there and there was a woman sat next to me. And of course, the best part of a It's a Wonderful Life is not the end. It's when we learned that Mary is an old maid. <laughs> there was a, a, a woman sat one over. And I could feel her starting to go. And I was like, oh, this bitch wants to go. And then we exploded in laughter, this stranger and I, right before Christmas. And it was just one of my great moments of connecting with a, a, a fellow human. And no matter how great it goes, could it be as good as that lady and I? Yes, it could.
1: It's Jesse Armstrong. Dear
0: Jesse, you're my number
1: one boy. Maybe you could invite him to watch it's wonderful <laughs> life video at Christmas. Dear Jesse, do you want to come over? no husbands and no wives and
0: no kids just you and me my sofa seats six people but you and i got all real close <laughs> so it's a dear jesse picture a six-seater sofa but you and me side by side in one part of it watching it's a wonderful life and i can i make um
1: i'll make you some mulled wine
0: and a, a ginger cake dear jesse did you know that i'm a little bit domestic i want to sit next to his body
1: Listen, Sarah's insinuated that we are involved in this event. I am now worried that we're going to become uninvolved.
0: Come on. We're, we've we been invited because he's heard that I want to sit next to his buddy. <laughs> my goal for the event, we can't tell you how we're involved, but my goal is going to be either that. Well, no, he won't let me on his lap because that's too weird. But I want him on my lap.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm a sturdy birdie. He's a slender man, and I want to. I want to support that body with my big frame.
1: I put my hands around you when we're on holiday, and I, <laughs> I said it's like you're wearing armor.
0: My bones are so big, and I can use them to support the J dog. <laughs> if he'll have me,
1: anyway. It's, it's sold out. In well, the thing if there in aren't seconds, enough seats. It's there's sold there's out probably in one seconds. more ticket
0: left once I get Jesse on my lap. <laughs> So there's actually one seat still available because Jesse won't be using his seat. He's going to be on my lap the whole time.
1: <laughs> it's going to be a good night. Still not
0: as good as that lady and me, but pretty good.
1: Right. Well, sh- shall, we, uh, shall we get to it? Yeah, to let's get to it. To the matter in hand, it. to the inbox.
0: Our first email is from Meredith. She's crunchy peanut butter. And I don't want to have favorites with my little babies. But if you're thinking, why the fuck does this Meredith cunt keep getting her emails in? They're very funny. Okay, she's crunchy peanut butter, writes... Hi, Sarah and Jeff. A few thoughts. One, Shiv and Tom love. Love, love, love. Tom had no hand, and suddenly he has hand. All he had to do was betray Shiv to her father, bang some other women, bite her harder than she would bite him, and admit he loves his career and money more than he loves kissing her ass, and boom, flooding in the basement. I hate myself already, but Shiv has never been more relatable. (laughs) Totally. Shiv has gotten relatable and i i hadn't thought about it in quite those terms but completely also she looked like a boss again in this episode no more face washing hair or sad girl houndstooth the bitch was in a ralph lauren pinstripe jumpsuit that would make 80 percent of the wharton class of 2023 weep with desire here for it number two jerry and roman I feel violated. This must not stand. I don't need her talking him off in the bathroom, but a small part of me was hoping Roman was turning into a carbon-based life form resembling a human. I mean, kneeling to help Carrie pick up her mid price Sephora products off the floor. I weep for the remains of their whatever it was. And I celebrate the fact that I just learned J. Smith Cameron ad-libbed slime puppy i did not know that where did you learn that i assume that was written fucking brilliant comic actress these fucking cunts they're so good number three boys you're not good at this is my new ringtone i'm taking that at face value yours in the power of douchey custom aviator jackets meredith aka she's crunchy peanut butter do you feel like
1: setting custom ringtones has really fallen out of fashion?
0: Yes, but then I honestly feel that thinking about Sarah Snook's voice going, boys, you're not good at this. as someone's ringtone is like the right way to bring it back.
1: This next one comes from Ellie.
0: Ellie, henceforth, your nickname is Hooray for Fuckywood.
1: Hooray for Fuckywood says, dear Sarah, and Jeff, but mostly Sarah, I am 100% with you on the Lucas Shiv ship. When he walked across that tarmac like a good little boy, I screamed, the energy in that cabin kill me now. I am re watching True Blood at the moment. I recommend this for you. So, my scars Gordar. She's so. trying
0: to go, my scars Gardar. Which is very gardar. funny. Her scars. Like a
1: radar. Like
0: her radar, her scars Gardar.
1: He's probably going, beep, 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 <laughs> beep. beep <laughs> uh, uh. Ellie.
0: Slash. Hooray for fuckywood.
1: Are you tempted to have a look at True Blood to get a bit more Skarsgård? Well, I'll tell you something.
0: Is that, and maybe I'm revealing too much about myself, but hopefully it's a nice thing. Is that your fucking whore of an ex-girlfriend did text me to say, you need to go watch True Blood because Alexander Skarsgård is so fit in it that it just, it warrants it for a lady of a certain age.
1: But do you like all that bitey vampire stuff? No, I imagine it won't go well for me. Do you know how many kids Stellan Skarsgård has got?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, Stellan or? Stellan. Oh, like too many in a way that'll gross me out. I only approve of two children.
1: So how many does Stellan have them? Oh,
0: some like disgusting number. Um, Hold on. Fucking seven.
1: Nearly. Oh, how many? Eight.
0: Oh, I almost said eight. And then I thought, I honestly thought an odd number would be like more adventurous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think he, he realized it was out of control and got a vasectomy.
0: That's some power sperm. Does that make you feel bad about yourself?
1: <laughs> 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 that's a lot about them the scars girls. So that make, make me yeah, feel bad about myself. God,
0: them, so. they are specimens, eh? All right, our next email is from another frequent contributor, Matt Flynn, aka Close Proximity Bang. FCNC. So far, this series Kendall has outwardly appeared to succeed beating Logan De Pierce, bleeding the Swede, skyrocketing the share price via the Living Plus launch. However, with every quote unquote success, there is failure. Most recently was Living Plus. Trying to get a tech valuation for a business that isn't tech is very real. And then Close Proximity Bang writes in parentheses, I've witnessed it a number of times. So I think he's like some kind of businessman. Oh my God, you guys, it's a real life businessman. apologies if I'm biz-splaining here, but a typical way to value a business is to look at its profits, earnings, and apply a multiple. So if you have a boring old business, for example, manufacturing that makes 500K a year, you might apply a two times multiple and you'd value that at a million. If a firm is a bit sexier, example, media, that multiple might be five times or six times, but... Tech can be valued at 10 times or more. So if you can get people to think your boring business is a tech business, it's suddenly worth five million, not one million. Excuse me, very well explained. Yes, That's the fraud that Kendall is trying to perpetrate. He is attempting to manipulate his share price by knowingly feeding false information to investors, and that's the sort of crime people go to prison for example Elizabeth Holmes that was another good show
1: that was really good the it's not
0: succession-y but it was good
1: yeah but it's, it's not that work thing either no it was much better than we work. yeah do you think there's
0: any chance don't treat this as a joke treat it as serious do you think there's any chance that Jared Leto is just a great guy
1: did you see what he turned up to the Met Ball no in? I do but like looking at do, those do a little Google now Jared Leto
0: Matt oh okay a cat is coming up was he a cat? Yes. He went as a full cat.
1: Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. But I think it's Carl Lagerfeld.
0: Well, it's a fucking cat. A Carl Lagerfeld cat. I mean, that is first of all, I'm into some weird shit. Like, not sexually, but you know, it's the Met Ball. But the full cat suit is stupid. Carl Lagerfeld does not seem like he's um a hundred percent there mentally. Any more what do I know? I, th-
1: I, th- I think Carl Lagerfeld maybe shuffled off this mortal coil three or four years ago. Carl Lagerfeld is dead? I believe so. I mean, we don't like to speak ill of the dead. Amazing. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you see Jeremy Strong's outfit at the Met?
0: No, of course he got to go. Jeremy Strong. Um. Okay, so I'm looking at Jeremy. I actually feel like if you got invited to the Met Gala... You could wind up in an outfit like what Jeremy Strong is wearing.
1: Do you not think he looks like someone's vision of trying to reboot Doctor Who? Oh, my God, Jeff. A <laughs>
0: hundy P. <laughs> any
1: any other succession Oh
0: No, but I'm seeing the biggest pig of all time. Ew. You know. Who would get himself an invite to the Met Gala and be the biggest <laughs> piggy of all time? Need I say more? <laughs> that is a fucking psychopath if I've ever seen one and I am using the definition that I learned from the John Ronson book.
1: But it's not someone who feels feelings. Okay, the next one is from Helen.
0: Helen, from now on, we're calling you. Hooray for fuckywood.
1: Who says, hi, F N. Read Jerry's hair. My take is that she styles it according to the amount of respect she gives her boss. So when Logan was around, it was very formal and respectful. As far as I can remember, it was always off her face in a bun or similar. The moment he died, she had no one to respect. So in every sense, she let her hair down and it was pretty unkempt and loose. Now the brothers have taken the reins. She gives them passing respect. Hence the awful ponytail from the last episode. Almost. I have to look smart, but I can't be bothered as you don't deserve it. Kind of a hairdo. Cheers. So do you think this is right? Do you think that Jerry's hair is weaponized and she's being passive aggressive?
0: So we got almost as much... Um, Jerry's hair as we did at Anne's Disaster in Maine. Sorry. Anne's Disaster in Maine. Give the people what they want. Um, and I thought this was... People fucking noticed that hair. My mother went, I noticed Jerry's hair, but I didn't mind. Um, someone wrote in first fucking pancake and was like, it's proof of jet lag, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. It's like that... You want to jet lag? That fucking hair is jet lag. There's no way we weren't supposed to notice that George Washington. The
1: time the time difference isn't between now and seventeen eighty nine or whatever it would have been.
0: <laughs> no, but the point is that she's just gotta get and you know, it's succession is so subtle. And I thought it was like this sort of subtle acknowledgement of like, we know she's gone to and from Sweden in a day or sorry Norway in a day and she's like got to get in and fucking manage these boys and like she's just sweeping it back into her George dubs I loved I loved this take and I and I loved first fucking pancakes take as well
1: and you told me a couple of days ago that we'd had all this email about Jerry's hair and I said to you do you want to do a solo one-off episode of sprinkles about the hair of succession Mm mm-hmm
0: you, you said you don't, you don't feel like it. I think there are better places to put our energy.
1: But don't you think all the email this week about Jerry's hair is proof that the appetite is there for a, a hair special? And it's a chance for you to fly solo.
0: Okay, here's here's what this would look like, all right? We have a friend who I think he is a little bit of a viral sensation. Is that fair? Yes. He's like so great. And he's a hairstylist. But he, we've known him for years. You've known him for decades. His name is Michael. And we've always known he was a star. We're like, this guy's a fucking star. You could tell talking to him. So then, I don't know if it was during lockdown or what it was, but he's basically become an online sensation. And now everyone watches his videos, be like, what should I do? And it's like all about fucking real shit. And so we feel that we could call in a favor with Michael and be like, Michael, come on and talk with us, but only about succession hair. What if, oh, wait, oh, 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 wait, I'm trying to figure out a way to make money off this. And it's occurring to me as we go. I... I'm so obsessed with money. It's something that my mother did to me. Um, all of you give me three pounds. I don't want one pound, but I don't, I'm don't. i not asking for five. I want three pounds from all of you. And Michael and I will do succession hair.
1: And how are you dividing that money up between you, Michael, and Charity?
0: Oh, uh, Michael gets nothing. He's doing great. <laughs> Why would Michael get any money from this? <laughs> Why would he do it then? Because he's such a sweet person. He would do it to be nice to me. So m- nothing for Michael. <laughs> Nothing for charity All for me
1: <laughs> Here's what I think you do You just do it with a do it here's it what, with an open heart With an open heart, yes You do it with an open heart And then you set up some kind of thing Where people can put some money in a kitty If they want to And see what you get from it
0: Okay, I'm going to try and do it Succession hair Your hair My hair Michael, stylist to the stars, and if you've enjoyed the pod, you're going to put some money in that. I say this with an open heart. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, hear from john bilton john your name from now on the vaginas of cheerful women who aren't tall enough to be models i think that's me actually i have a vagina i do think i'm cheerful in some ways and i'm not tall enough to be a model
1: i'm not sure that cheerful is the adjective that anybody would use to describe you i'm cheerful who's cheerful
0: i'm cheerful i have like a big energy
1: yeah, you definitely have a big energy
0: i'm cheerful i'm like a nice person and stuff I think like, nice you know what person. that thing about the about how bad a friend I am it was too brutal. I can't go through this again. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. It's so true. I'm so bad. You're not a bad. Got friend. to arrange a fucking birthday dinner for Becky now.
1: You're not a bad to friend. show that I'm a
0: good friend. All right, dear Firecratch and Normcore. My big question is: Does Roman make it to episode ten?
1: Ooh.
0: Uh huh. He's clearly in a bad place, cutting away any support, for example, trying to act, Jerry. I feel like his grief and anger are going to make him spiral even further and we'll see him make an even more catastrophic error of judgment, breaking down publicly at Logan's funeral and trying to fuck Marsha, maybe. I don't agree with that, but I wanted to include it because it was his truth. And as a result, taking too many of his dad's pills. They're not keeping that in the show for nothing, we're due some tragedy. Kind regards. The vaginas of cheerful women who aren't tall enough to be models. Now, the idea that we're do some tragedy is hilarious to me. <laughs>
1: Given that Logan died.
0: Given that he just died, I'll still Um, I couldn't tell vaginas of cheerful women who aren't tall enough to be models how serious you were being about like that he tried to fuck Marsha. I think that's very wrong. And if you believe that, we're first of all, thanks for listening to the pod, but we are view things differently. But this pill thing. With Roman isn't nothing.
1: Were there any pills this week?
0: No, but Succession wouldn't give us pills every week. Mm. It's given us pills twice.
1: I don't think we're gonna have that kind of death before the end of the series.
0: Well, you know what? Sometimes with our emails, we include opinions that that very differ from ours. So
1: I'm just not sure that tonally the show could come back from it. I think it could in, I, in the in the amount of time we have left.
0: This tonally thing, I'm done with. I feel so. I I you, don't. You think they can do anything? They can do anything. <laughs> I'm a good girl. I'm a good girl. So I, I, I don't really agree with that email, but I I liked it as an idea. I thought it was worth including. I wanted some Roman material in this, so there you are, vaginas.
1: What What about if we, we do some tragedy? Maybe you're thinking the wrong sibling. What about Connor gets JFK'd?
0: Blown away. What else yeah. do I have to say?
1: All right. This next one is from Handy Barker.
0: Handy. From now on, your nickname is Nobody Minds a Genius Acting Weird.
1: Hey, S&G. Hey. And S, I hope you enjoyed your birthday. Thanks. Did a little linguistic digging into the name of Royco Studios' idiotic, drowsy robot movie, Kalispatron and found that the name is a collision of two words, one in Malay, Kalis, and a second in Hindi, Pitron, which together... Clearly, as a snarky joke from our writers of succession, because in English, Calyptron means resistant father. Fabulous! Oh. oh, I hope that's real.
0: It's just—that's real. This isn't this isn't dumb conspiracy theory bullshit. This is attention to motherfucking detail.
1: So you're telling me that the the J dog?
0: I I think I can pull off J dog, and you don't pull it off as okay. well.
1: Okay, so you're telling me. Jesse and the gang are all there and they think, Okay, what can we call this film? We're gonna make it about a robot. What we want is a list of words for resistant in as many different languages as no. you can find. No. And-
0: it's like, um, we need we need something. What is like what is what's not too over the top and someone goes, Oh, this, that and the other, and actually what it means is resistant father which kind of thematically works
1: but it's but it's not even resistant father in one language it's as if you take one word from one language and one from another you can make it say resistant father whereas tron is just a Uh, roboty word
0: i believe i choose to believe i think they intended it to mean resistant father that's wonderful
1: i love the digging though that handy's doing i
0: I love the whole thing it's not handy he's nobody minds a genius acting weird
1: Maybe if somebody was able to ask Jesse Armstrong a question at a certain event.
0: No, I don't want to waste my time with something like that. No offense. That's a great question for now. It's
1: hypothetical as well because, I mean... We're not going to get to. Imagine if imagine if we were. Okay.
0: This next email is from Sarah Morgan, a.k.a. Poop Deck of a Majestic Schooner. Dear Firecratch and Normcore... Are you also trying to find ways to make the ending of Succession less sad? Is there anything you won't miss? For me, it's the overconfident men of the internet. That's all capitalized. Who? Because of Shiz's storyline are suddenly experts on what goes on at 20 weeks pregnancy. Here are all real theories I've read, not just from comment section weirdos, but from people actually paid to summarize TV shows. One, she is not pregnant because she lost the baby when she slipped over at the wake. Despite that stunt being done by what? An actually pregnant Sarah Snook, morons. She is not pregnant because she doesn't look pregnant, see above. Shiv's not pregnant because she took a sip of champagne at a wedding. Because if television has taught us anything, it's that even a small sip of wine is literally battery acid to a pregnant woman, right? <laughs> she is not pregnant because Tom would have, quote unquote, felt it when he had sex with her. <laughs> I know. American sex education is woeful, but are they imagining the Wamsgans, famously sequoia-sized dick, just punching the kid in the head while he's inside her? At 20 weeks, a baby is the size of a bell pepper, morons. Shiv's not pregnant because she went into that office not for a completely understandable power cry to grieve her dad, but because she is grieving her lost pregnancy. We know nothing happens in succession by accident, so I get the writers are totally playing a game, but I don't believe a writer's room full of women and parents would write out a baby via a stumble on a staircase like a Jane Austen or Britney Spears crossroads. Just cool it. Love, poop deck of a majestic schooner. P.S. You probably know this already. I did know this already. The director directing... That was obnoxious of me. The director directing Logan was the real episode director, Lorraine... Lorena... Lorraine... Scafia. I thought it was Scafaria, but I'm sorry. Writer and director of Hustlers. Oh my God, of course I know this because Hustlers is one of the films that I watch over and over and over, but only the first half when it's fun and they're stripping and making all the money and then I tend to not watch the second (laughs) half when it all goes wrong and they start poisoning the men and they start fighting with each other. I like when it's all happy, happy, happy. I mention this only because there is not a chance this amazing, meticulous, female fashion-focused director would give Jerry bad hair. And she have great hair in this episode by chance. Something is going on.
1: This last one is from Charlotte. Charlotte, from now on, we're calling you Taste of the Dark Meat. Since I've been called to share my grief, I am definitely blue-balled. By the Roman Jerry tragic stroke romantic situation, with the amount of Shakespearean dad mandated killing and angsty breakup we're getting, we should have at least have gotten a sexy frisky little romp between those two. Pretty sure Romeo and Juliet had a little bit of fun before the double suicide. <laughs> and if nothing will happen, can the actors quit staring at each other's lips? It's bad. It's very, very bad. This fictional couple has dry humped my libido. <laughs> And no one is being held accountable. I'm curious about Matson and Ebba, though. It seems they're the Scandi version. They've just replaced dick pics with blood bricks.
0: Except that I don't think that Ebba's into the blood bricks, is she?
1: No. But I still like it. Do you feel that there's any animosity between your camp, which is the Shiv Matson shippers mm-hmm. and the Roman Jerry shippers?
0: No, we build each other up. Oh, my God, someone wrote in. I not know if I'm comfortable showing this, but someone wrote in saying, I, I couldn't understand why they were, they were being sarcastic, but I think they were, and they were saying that they wanted Lucy Preble and I to play a game of Bitey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Bitey is so sexual. Who do you
1: think Bitey came from?
0: Lucy. Because she said she does all the weird sex stuff. So I assume that was Lucy's idea. I don't, I don't know Lucy, first name based.
1: Then she might be up for playing a game of Bitey with you. Uh, There's no way. But who
0: could I ask? That's an interesting question for me to think about. Okay. Action points. Number one, Jesse on my lap. Number two, (laughs) identifying the right person to play a game of Bitey with me. Because you got to read a goddamn room. That's one thing I know about my job. And there'll be someone in there who's the right person to go, you and me, buddy. Bitey. Would that be allowed for people to bite each other on stage?
1: I think it'd be a health and safety nightmare if he had somebody involved with the production biting audience members. I th- think you'd probably probably an illegal minefield there. Ugh, what if it was someone I didn't want to bite?
0: Actually, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> in my mind, it was like, Jesse, Armstrong or Lucy Preble. And now it's like a fucking member of the public. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like I would happily put a limb in my mouth. It belonged to someone who worked on succession because that would make them inherently clean to me. But any other person, I'd be like, I'm not fucking rolling the dice with you. What do I know about you? I want to know about someone that they've written on Succession before I put part of their lemon to my mouth.
1: (laughs) We will be back after the next episode of Succession. It's written by Will Tracy and it's called Tailgate Party.
0: Oh, do you think this is Mencken?
1: This is what was talked about in last week's episode. It was traditional for Logan to throw a party on the night of the election results, I think. And this year... Shiv and Tom are going to be hosting that party at their apartment. Will Mondale be on the loose?
0: Mondale is gone forever. He's gone with those kids. Mondale's dead. Oh, my God. Don't you think Mondale died? (laughs) No.
1: I love a dog at a party. You do. It, it gives me something to focus on
0: oh you did well at nick's birthday party because he there was a dog there
1: yes i think there should be dogs at all parties that i can have to oh my god that's so fucking
0: support animal of you said with love maybe i should guess support... we're, we're here's we're, we're thinking of generally of getting a family dog bingo baron we've mentioned it before but gene isn't convinced
1: uh, well our son really wants a dog he just wants to call it jody whittaker
0: i know he's trying so hard to show me that it will like p- pick up a lot of poop
1: but your bottom line is we're not having a dog called jody whittaker
0: I could work with Jody Whittaker. It's weird. It's a little strange, but I could go there if I was like entirely in charge of seeing the animal and knowing that it was the right one for me.
1: Well, that could be a negotiating tactic with him.
0: Yeah. All right, everybody, we got to go. Be in touch. Any thoughts you have, you know, where? Fuck off! At firecratchandnormcourt.com. I'm gnashing my teeth. I'm gnashing my terrible teeth. <laughs> okay, I'm so <laughs> doing it. Bye bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.